Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, that as rich guys would do epic shit. And now, your host, that's Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. Bet you were home. I'm always home. I'm on cool. Me too. You're doing great, dude. The only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're on cool. This is my advice to you. I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong Tribe Confounds, The Right Tribe Compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, go bros. We are coming out of the beautiful state of Oregon today. Got Mr. Kevin Swartz on. Kevin, welcome to the Go Bro Room. Good morning, Pat. How's things in Oregon today? Well, we're just getting started here today, but we got clouds, cold, wet, rainy, typical Oregon winter. And uh, when I get into the office, I got a full day appointment, so I'm ready to go. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, all right. Well, listen, why don't you give us the story of Kevin Schwartz, like the day you were born till now, like in like four minutes? I think I can go a little quicker than that. Um, <laughs> we, uh, I grew up in Seattle. I was one of six kids. And uh, we were raised in a small house, 1,200 square foot house, six kids, uh, five boys, one girl. Very uh, tight-knit family. We were on top of each other. You know, you, you've got a brother. You know how that goes. And uh, Yeah, I, was, I had five, five siblings. Five. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So played sports all my life, had that competitive instinct. High school or baseball most of the time, did some wrestling in high school, ran some cross country to get in shape for wrestling, uh, but just kind of fell in love with the competitiveness of wrestling. Got my first job at 15 working at a grocery store in the evenings. So uh, a good memory of my dad was uh, he used to get up and go to work early and he and I would meet at the front door and I'd have three bags over both shoulders, a uh, bag with school books, a bag with uh, workout clothes for wrestling and then a bag with work clothes after wrestling heading to work. And he would laugh and ask me if I was moving out every morning. So uh, <laughs> that those were good times. Busy, busy, busy. After that, went from high school to college, got a degree in international business and economics uh, in the early 90s. Uh, met my wife in a statistics 300 course back in 92. And we started dating, got engaged a year later. We were married in 94, been married to her for 25 years now. After that, spent a couple of years in Seattle working again and then off to law school. 
came down to Oregon to go to law school, didn't trust myself to stay in, in Seattle with all my friends if I really had to knuckle down and study. So headed south, got out of town, did three years of law school, finished that in 98, went to go back home and couldn't do it. Uh, the property values in Seattle had jumped so high that it was ridiculous trying to get back in there. We weren't going to be able to buy a house. So we uh, decided to stay in Salem. I clerked for this company. We stayed with it. I've been there 23 years now. First kid was born a week after graduating law school. That was pretty cool. Uh, Claire, she's my daughter. Uh, and then I had a son about four years later. So my two kids we were done. At, two's fine. And then uh, what else? Made partner in 06. Yeah. Joined GoBundance last summer. It's been a ride. It's been a blast. Met some incredible people. And here I am. Beautiful. Beautiful. Awesome. That's great. So now you practice uh, what type of law? Uh, it's consumer law. We, the whole firm does all kinds of different stuff. My focus is bankruptcy. So I, I wipe out debts, individual bankruptcies. I do business reorgs. So trying to save companies, clean them up and get them back out there. But that's, yeah. Debtor. That's awesome. Great. I'm going to introduce you to a guy. I talked to about two days ago, actually, he's an attorney in Maryland and is uh, considering joining GoBundance. If you don't mind, I'll connect you guys. Yeah. Sounds great. Sounds great. All right. Good stuff. So like, what is your day-to-day look like currently? Uh, up and out. So I'm doing 50, 60 hours at the job, W-2 job. I'm a partner. I get dividends as well. So there's piece of the pie for me at the end of the so day. So wait a minute, so you get a W-2, right, but that's just based on your hours, Yeah. right? It, it, hours it, hours charged or whatever? It's a salary. So we pay oh, ourselves. It's a salary. Okay. It's a salary. We pay ourselves as much as we can to flatter the radar with the IRS, and the rest is kicked out in dividends. Nice. So you're exempt from the Social Security tax. and Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. And then, um, so that's, you know, but that's a, that's a job. I mean, I... My clients, I have to be sitting at a desk and I have to be there for them. And I'm talking to people all day long. Today, I looked at my calendar. I've got probably 22 appointments set up, 15 half hour, 15 minute, half hour increments. And a few years back, I realized, you know, I'm, I'm, I've built this machine. I'm part of it. And I got to figure out a way to get myself out of it if I'm going to move on with life. So my day is packed. I get home uh, a couple days a week. I hit the gym do some weight training, started that up after Austin, after talking to a few of the guys. That's been huge. I'm a runner, so sometimes I'll put on the shoes and just head out the door. Yeah, bed by 10 o'clock, get up next morning, do it all over again. Do, like, uh, your back-to-back appointments, how many of them do you do like we are right currently on, on video? Quite a bit. Don't, don't tell my competitors. That's something they haven't figured out yet. Um, we've got 14 offices all over the Northwest and we can do that because we do video appointments in our satellite offices. So the clients love it. They get to talk to me even though I'm not there. And so I'm not driving. My first year law practice, I put 50,000 miles on my car driving all over the Northwest trying to meet people face to face. So Yeah. Yeah. It has multiple benefits. Number one, you can record it. Yep. You know, and you could pay somebody peanuts to transcribe it if you needed to. You could even get software now that transcribes it, right, automatically that's dirt cheap and give that to the client as, you know, an extra benefit. You can, it saves you time from them having to come to your office. You, you know what I mean? And then they're all uncomfortable. They got to take off work. I mean, this is great, right? Yeah, I, 
I'm amazed my competitors haven't figured that out yet. But knock on wood, we'll have that, that uh, advance on them for a while to come. Yeah, amazing. Okay. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about your horizontal income. What percentager are you? So I, I'm glad I got you because we talked about this in Austin a little bit. And there's so a good chunk of my income. Last year, I made 158000 in dividends. And passive income, truly from rentals, that type of stuff, I made about 19000 and we went back and forth with a couple of the GoBros, and they said, well, some of that dividend income should probably be counted as passive. And the conversation took on a life of its own, and they said, well, you're, not, you're, you're benefiting from your partners. You don't have to go in a day, and you could still get money. And, I, and when the dust settles, I'm a 20 percenter. I get about 19000 I spend about 8000 a month. So I'm about a 20 percenter if you just base it off rental income. If you okay. Dividends is higher, but I don't know. So, well, let's talk about that, right? Because that's a great question. So, first of all, if you, okay, the salary, right, that you take, mm -hmm. could you pay somebody that salary to do that job? Someone else. And yes. that would be the only compensation. Yep. Okay. So, it's fair rate. And if you did that, would your partners ask you to leave or, or sell your partnership or would that be feasible? If I subcontract out my subcontracted out my job, yeah, they would probably. If you hired a young gun and, and you know what I mean? It could do just as good or if not maybe better than you paid him that salary only. What would happen? And well, and stop showing up. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Stop showing up unless, unless, um, I mean, I mean, we're hypothetical here. You know, my, if that's what you wanted to do, my, my thought, of course, is that you can rain make and then yeah. it commissions on the, on the rain making, you know? Yeah, we've actually talked about that. Yeah, so no, I think um, if I stopped showing up, absent anything else, they would say, yes, Kevin, we're triggering your share buyback and we'll just bring in this new kid and that'll be more profits for the rest of us. And they can do that without reason, right? They don't have to have, you don't have to be egregious and smoke meth on the job. They could just be like, hey, man. Yep, they can do that. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, it's great. It's great, right? Because I kind of like it. Um, I kind of like it if you did, if, if, if you're looking to do something different. I mean, you might like the back-to-back the -back, uh, aspect of it, but if you were looking to do something different and you just started rainmaking and started getting new business and we're getting paid commissions on any new business that you came in that those dividends would then be horizontal income, you know, because that comes in no matter what. Otherwise it's kind of tricky, right? I mean, so in the, in the absence of clear authority, I'm going to go with the 19,000. <laughs> yeah. Go, go. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about your health. What? Uh, how much do you weigh? I'm at 175. And uh, how tall are you? 5'11". And, and how old are you? 53. Okay. And uh, what's your body fat, do you know? About 22%. Okay. So is that where you want to be? No, I want to be in the teens. I'm working on that. I was 25% in Austin. And I've been, the weightlifting and everything has really had an impact. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky number, that damn body fat. You know what I mean? It's like you lose weight sometimes and the body fat stays the same or you gain weight with the weightlifting. I mean, it's, it's a tricky number. What, uh, what, so what's your diet like? That's the other thing we changed recently as well. And, and we, I mean, wife and I, we switched over to vegan slash vegetarian. I can't go vegan. Well, I can. It's just there's a lot of moving pieces and I really got to focus in on it. So I have not had meat for months. Wow. Um, got some dairy, some cheese. We go out to eat, that kind of stuff, but uh, no meat. And protein. So the, the guys at the gym have been really pumping the protein, saying if you're going to come in and do weights, you know, two days a week, then you really need to give your body the fuel it needs to build the muscle. Otherwise, we're just screwing around. So they've got me on this whey protein, W-H-E-Y protein stuff. Yeah, that's basically dairy. Yeah. 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 And, and so I, you know, I've, I've lost some weight. I last Christmas, not this last Christmas, the one before I was at 195. So now I'm down at 175. I feel better. I feel like I actually have a. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, uh, I'm getting stronger and and uh, looking forward to the GB9 in in Aspen. We'll see how it goes. That's great. All right, uh, have you tried it? Have you tried the GB9 on your own? You know, the Oregon guys got together and we spent a weekend out at the beach. And Gabriel Hamill, you know Gabe, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, he led the charge on that, and he put us out in the sand. So every burpee I did, I was digging. I a saw hole. those pictures. I think I was digging a hole in the sand. By the time we were done, I was like a you know twelve inches into the ground. So you didn't get you didn't get the resistance or the push off. Um, I hit a one eighteen. I'm okay with that. I want to get to two hundred. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, a lot closer to two hundred this this next week. So. <laughs> that's fun. All right, and uh, how are your kid? Like your kids are in their twenties, right? Yeah, they are, they are something. Um, my 21-year-old uh, got a degree in linguistics. She just graduated this last summer and spent her last semester in Italy, and now she's in Ukraine doing uh, Peace Corps. So she'll be over there for two and a half years teaching English, leading groups and clubs, and she's loving it. It's, it's quite the adventure. I'm, I'm really proud of her. She's done some crazy stuff in her life. Yeah, I mean that's that's incredible to see that out there. That that Ukraine will be with. I'm sure she'll always have a connection if yeah. in multiple ways of Ukraine. If she spends two and a half years there, um, yeah. And I grew up, you know, sheltered, small family, and traveling wasn't part of our. We didn't have the money, and to be able to give both my kids that and watch them go. I, I we were just talking. Um, we were just talking last night at dinner with my 18 year old, and he was saying that you know he's. He's looking forward. He's been to Spain. He's been to France and, and England and Ireland, all these places. And he's looking forward to traveling after college and, and really planting that bug in his mind. And I told him, I said, I just want you to have this worldview. I don't want you thinking of Salem, Oregon. I want you to think of the world as a big place you can go out and see. And he said, absolutely. So it's kind of neat to plant that. Yeah, it is. Um, sometimes it's it's funny um, looking back on it. We did this. I have two girls, so we did the same thing, and they're they're twenty three and twenty five now. And um, you know, we brought them up, and we always took pretty good vacations. You know, we we expanded their mind way more than my parents ever did with me. Um, you know, we we went. We grew up in Maryland. We went to one state, Florida. That was it to see my dad's parents, and then. 
back. I mean, that was the only other state I'd been to in my whole life. And, and now, you know, my daughter, like yours, you know, she went to Peru for the summer. Then she went to uh, Ghana for the next summer. And uh, she was just in India and she's only 23 years old. And now she has mentioned the Peace Corps a couple of times. And um, my wife is like, oh, my God. Yep. No, I don't want you going in the Peace Corps. I don't want that to be an option. I'm like, well, we kind of created these monsters. You know, if we had if we had just been homebodies and gone to yep. back and forth to Florida from Maryland, every they would probably not have these worldviews. So it's it's good and it's bad, you know? It's, and, and it's given back. And good for her to have that mentality yeah. to want to give back on a world stage. That's huge. I that I'm both my kids are, you know, they're incredibly smart. And my wife and I look at each other and say, Who, where did this come from? My daughter's working on seven languages. I mean, she's just wired that way. Holy dirt. My son, so she's like a, what do you call a polygot is eight, right? Is that what mayor Pete is a polygot? Yeah. And so she, she wanted to work on her Russian and what she didn't realize is there's a lot of Ukrainian spoke there. So she's, she's working on multiple things, but, it's just the text we get from her. And now with the FaceTime, tell your wife, FaceTime, texting, Zoom, it's all there. You're not going to miss yeah. her. She's okay. You know, but you got to well, get them out there. That's and, what happens when you meet your wife in, in statistics 3.0, right? <laughs> <laughs> she was she was scared when, when Claire said, hey, I'm going to Ukraine. My wife was panic mode. But um, I think the constant communication is perfect. Uh, it settles the nerves. Uh, we've met a couple of her friends over there, so we can talk to them as well. We're going over this summer. Um, we won't meet her in Ukraine. We'll meet her somewhere. She may want to go to England, English speaking, just take a break from Ukraine. But yeah, it's nice to have that ability to to check in with her and get over there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what is your life happiness index score? I'm at an eight. Yeah. I'm at a, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what is your uh, horizontal to net worth ratio? My horizontal to net worth. So you just take, yeah, you take that 19 divided by, um, divided by your net worth. So 19 divided by, I am at, well, divided by 1.85. It's about 1%. About 1%. Hair over 1%. Yeah, there you go. 1%. All right, cool. It's a, it's a great little stat, right? Because it makes you realize, you know, everybody's talking about returns, but what what real return am I getting on my true net worth? And and by the way, one percent. I mean, it's um, the average is around three and a half percent for GoBros. So, you know, your goal would be to try to triple that. It's very rare you get over ten percent. So uh, it's it's just hard to have, hard to make that happen because we you get so much equity in these different yeah. things and that sort of thing. What, so let's talk about equity a little bit. You know, before the call, we were talking a little bit about rent control and the changes and you're a lawyer. So you have a good perspective on this. Tell me what's going on there. Uh, we've got uh, a democratic governor and we've got democratic house and state legislature controlled. So what's happening is we had a lot of money come into Oregon from other States buying, uh, buying big apartment complexes and unfortunately uh, not necessarily keeping them in tip top shape. 
And so there's been a lot of blowback, a lot of tenant complaints, a lot of uprising. Portland is a pretty liberal city to begin with. So you get a lot of protests and a lot of things like that. This came up on the city council. It started getting some traction. So now we've got rent control where I have to give notice depending on how long they've lived there. It requires more and more notice to get them out. They've put some real hamstrings on no cause evictions. Okay, uh, let's let's slow this down because this, yeah. this is always fascinating. I want to make sure we capture all this. So before you get them out, does that mean before you evict them or does that mean uh, before you end the lease? So like let's say you just I don't want to renew it. Yeah, let's say I got a single family and I want to do some rehab work or maybe I want to sell yep. it. Yep. And so bring it up to market value. Uh, I can't no cause evict them uh, without giving them notice. And if they've been in there for couple of years and I may have to give them up to 90 days notice. It's not going to happen overnight. Rent raises, same thing. You got to give them more notice the longer they've been in there. So I've got a property over in Bend, Oregon. We're going to raise the rents. It's, it's not going to happen for 90 days. We had to send out the notice, the letter and give them ads up and it's fine. It's, it, it, I'm not, and then they put caps on it. So I can't go right now. There's a ratio that's tied to some rates where this year we can't raise rents more than 9.9%, which is fine. I've never raised rents. Never. I mean, 9.9, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with that technically because, you know, if, if I'm, I'm lucky to be able to raise my rents, you know, 3%. Right. You know, so right. 9% is. Yeah, it's out of the, over the top. So I wasn't really worried about that either. But the, the notice is, so I've had situations where, uh, tenant brought in a dog and didn't tell me about it. And the neighbors started complaining. And so I had to go back through and say, okay, this isn't, you're not going to keep this dog. You got to get it out, blah, blah, blah. And anyway, the tenant ended up leaving on their own, but I started getting, okay, well, if you're going to do this, then you got to hit these notices. And, and they were correct. This was a couple of years ago. So, but now they've taken it one step further and said, okay, if they've been there for a year, two years, three years, five years, you're going to have more and more notices to give lengthier timelines, caps on rents. It's just really a tenant friendly area right now. And it will change. But I think uh, when it came down in the legislature, what they did is they, they split the baby. They said tenants win. They didn't get everything they wanted. And then the tent, the rent raises, you know, nine, 10% is so high that most of us are never going to hit it but the tenants at least walked out feeling like they'd won something. So you just, you just want to be aware of that, get a good, get a good landlord, real estate attorney when you're doing these things and let them handle it. Don't rely on property management. Mine actually has done a great job, but I had one of them say, well, no, we can go this high. And I had to tell them not based on my reading. And the other one came back through and said, no, you're right. It's 9.9%. So there's some gray area, but, yeah. I guess a lot of people probably see it as like the beginning of the end. Like at this point, you know, once it's passed at 9%, then they're like, hey, they can make an amendment, you know, next year, another bill, and it goes to seven, then it goes to five. And you know what I mean? Like just like that. Once you start getting in there. And I'm excited. That's, I picked up this triplex over in Bend, Oregon. Bend, if you don't know, is a, a ski town playground. It's up in the high desert um, and a lot, of, a lot of money over there. And this triplex came up because the guy was out of South Carolina. And when that law changed, he said, I'm out. And he started selling his properties and I got a great deal on it. And I'm rehabbing the last of the three units right now, bringing it up to market. 
and I'll make some good return on it. So mm -hmm. I'm excited. Maybe there'll be some more properties coming up from the out-of-state money as they start running to other states. Yeah, well, and, and, and I guess it, it spurs that too, right? Which is a good thing because then everybody's making money on sales and yeah. rehabs and realtors are making money and title companies are making money, you know, because it spurs people to sell and then people want to buy and because they can, you can jack the rents up anywhere where he was limited, right? So, yep. it encouraged new owners. Yep, absolutely. The wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. Cool. Um, and, and bankruptcies now, are you, are you busier now than you were a couple of years ago? Are you less busy? Like what's going on with bankruptcies yeah. that you can talk about? It's a good leading indicator. We were doing, so we're one firm. We were doing back in 09, 2010, I was getting 300 new cases a month. 300. Okay. 300 new cases of bankruptcies in 2009 a month. Okay. It's just insane. My normal is about 125 is what I can, what we're managing at the firm. And so it doubled. Well, right now we've done some, re we've redone some things. We've brought in a consultant. We've got a new conversion system, lead conversion system. We've re-racked the whole process, but we're in the 160, 170 range now. So it's creeping up. Um, I'm starting to see, you know, it's not just, hey, I have $30,000 in credit card debt and no assets, I'm broke. It's now I'm starting to see, hey, I got a job, I make 110 grand a year and I'm broke. And so we're seeing people from that middle class, lower part of the middle class coming in. So you're always going to have people with medicals and, and that kind of stuff that blows up on them and they need to file and most of them are pretty broke and it's easy and straightforward. But now we're starting to see the middle class people starting to show up saying, yeah, we need some help that we're not going to be able to manage all this. So it's, it's the numbers are rising, but part of that is going to be based on the fact that we reconfigured everything. So I used to take calls all day long from potential clients. They'd call in, Hey, I need help. And I'd get on the phone and talk law with them. And this consulting firm came in and said, that is the worst thing you can do. They don't need to know the law and they don't need to talk to you, Kevin. You didn't go to law school to spend all day on a phone. And so we hired these we call them legal assistants to answer the cold calls and the turnaround has been amazing. They tell the clients, yes, Kevin does. Kevin stops garnishments. He stops foreclosures. He saves houses every day of the week. He is a rock star. You need to get in here and see him. And they can say things I could never say and never talk law once. But my conversion, when they come in and sit down, if they meet with me, I'm at a 40, 50% conversion rate. If I get a warm body in a chair, I'm signing almost half of them. Yeah, for, to file and clean up the mess. So we were talking earlier about my role going forward. And one of the things that the partners have seen is my conversion rate versus everybody else. And they're saying, well, maybe he just needs to be that guy who sits there and closes all day long. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe. Yeah. 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 It's interesting, right? We'll see. But filings are definitely going up. I, you know, uh, what, what percentage of filings do you think are medical bill related? The vast majority, I'd say probably 80%. Mm -hmm. 
No shit. 80%. Yeah. So hmm, that's interesting, right? So yeah. medical, I mean, it's a, the bankruptcy world is fueled by the medical system in America yeah. almost. Yeah. If they ever fix the system, I, I'm not going to have a job. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the clients show up with medical bills or without any medical bills and they'll have 40,000 in credit cards. And it's like you dig one step deeper. Where'd the cards come from? Well, I lost my job because I had the surgery and I wasn't able to go back. And so I had to, you know, but if you scratch a surface, yeah, a lot of it pulls back to meds, medical. Yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, I'm starting to see it more and more. I don't know if it's coincidental, but I'm just starting to see people I know that, uh, you know, are getting sick and, and mm-hmm. things are happening to them and then come to find out they don't have insurance. It's like, what? How'd that happen? Oh, well, you know, my company didn't offer it, you know, or I took the raise instead, you know, I took the four grand raise instead of insurance. So fascinating. Yeah. All right, cool. So what would you say Kevin Schwartz's superpower is? It could, it could be my superpower and my kryptonite. I tend to focus in on stuff for hours at a time. So if something picks my attention and I really am fascinated by it, I'll do a deep dive. And usually it's my wife telling me to come up for air. First few years of practicing law, <laughs> she would call me and say, are you coming home? And I'd look at the clock and go, oh, crap. Yes. Yeah, I'm done right now. I'm putting it away. I'm coming home. But yeah, just, just focus for hours on it. Yeah, and I guess that doesn't pay any money at the end of the day. I mean, it makes you a little smarter, but you know, but you're not getting paid for it. But especially at work, right? If I'm sitting there and I'm getting a salary, every extra hour I spend lowers my <laughs> hourly rate because I'm wasting time there. So crazy. Uh, what uh, what's your give back ratio? My give back is at three point one percent. I did about ninety five hundred last year between cash and we started a bankruptcy clinic here in town. One of the judges did, and I ended up kind of taking it over. So we're, we're giving away legal services to basically single moms. That happens five, six times a year. So that's kind of cool. I really enjoy So is it. this like uh, child support mostly? You, you got to qualify. No, it's, um, so it's medical. Again, we go back to medical, and it's a mm-hmm. mom of – I just had one. The last one I did, it was a single mom of three kids. One of the kids broke their arm. She didn't have insurance. The state plan didn't cover everything. And she owed about 30 grand in medical bills. And she, made, she made just enough to be garnished. I mean, she made about two grand a month and they were taking a fourth of her check in a garnishment. Okay. So let me slow this one down. So she walks into the hospital. Her kid, she walks her kid into the hospital with a broken arm. She doesn't have insurance. Yep. End of the day, they, they, spend a, they, they spend a half hour on this kid. Right. <laughs> he, yep. He's charged $30,000. She doesn't have it. It goes through a process with the state. I imagine that took probably years. And then the state now is taking money out of her $24,000 a year salary to pay back for yep. this $30,000 cast that has long been off her child. And, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's the hospital bill going to collections. They go to collections faster than any other debt. And then the collection company hits the gas. And they don't slow down. And, and what she should have done is she should have talked to the hospital about doing a hardship. A lot of the hospitals will waive fees, but she didn't know. And once was, it's in collections, you're stuck. That was crazy. I was reading an article just a couple of days ago that, that where the reporter went in and then she got her bills, right? And then she called the hospital and asked 
for an itemization of the yeah. bill. And then she was sent a letter a couple of weeks later that says her balance is zero. And she didn't ask for it to be zero. All she asked was an itemization. Yep. And um, the hospital, I guess, I don't know if they knew she was a reporter or, or what, but they just zeroed it out. And, 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 and what people find when they do that is, you know, they get a $37 Band-Aid, right? The, the, like an itemization yep. says Band-Aid, $37, literally Band-Aid, $37. And then if you put that stuff on social media, <laughs> um, it's, it's yeah. an outcry, you know? Well, it's, it's, it's a broken system. It needs to be fixed. I don't know that you and I are going to be the ones to fix it. I put that on my kids. I tell them we've screwed it to high heaven. You guys need to get in there and fix this. And I don't even know what the answer is. You know, there's got to be smarter people than me out there. But for this single mom, I mean, taking 400 bucks a month out of her, it's, that's it. That's it. And for nothing, right? For a cast. For a cast and because she cut hair for a living. And so when she's at the hospital and she's doing all these follow-up appointments, she's not cutting hair. And, and so for me, what I did is I stepped in and I said, we're going to clean out all this debt. And so we did a, what's called a chapter seven, takes 90 days. I met with her at the clinic, did the intake, gave him the spiel. She circled back to my firm. Uh, we did a pro bono, no charge. And I take on probably somewhere between six to 10 of those a year. And then there's a class that we teach at the clinic as well that I do. So part of my give back is I've, I've been backed into taking the reins of that. Judge McKittrick's a great guy, but he's up in Portland. He doesn't want to come down to Salem every, every other month. So I've kind of given backed into taking that on, but actually I found that I actually, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. So what advice would you have given her, if she came to you right away, like a, a week at, uh, when the cast was still on her son. She should have talked to the patient services and said, I need a hardship. There's no way I'm going to pay all these. And if they said no, then she should have come and seen me. I'm the bankruptcy attorney, but she needs a letter on letterhead saying, you know, I'm, I'm at or below the poverty level. There's no way I'm going to pay this. Hospitals, you have a duty to give away a certain amount of services a year in order to maintain your quasi-governmental nonprofit status, this, these are no-brainers. You need to write these off. They needed to be pushed a little. The hospital did. And, and generally, they just stamp that, right? I mean, a lot of times, right? They just... But she didn't know. And there's that lack of education in someone in that scenario. She doesn't know what she doesn't know. So Nobody knows that, I don't think. No. Which I is... mean, Tim's trying to make some headroads on the financial side, but there's a... There's a lot that could be taught in the high schools. It just isn't happening. So, Yeah, fascinating. Really fascinating. Well, it's interesting. Well, let's talk about the future. So where, do you, where does Kevin Schwartz want to be in 10 years? My goal is to have <laughs> pre-go-abundance. Pre, pre my goal was to provide a legacy to my family. I wanted financial security. I wanted my kids to go out in the world and do good and not have to worry about money and where their next meal is coming from. Now that I've met all these guys, most of them, and I'm blown away by the generosity and the, and the effort and the encouragement and excitement and all that, I, I, I think I can do a lot more than that. Um, I, God's given me this brain and I have some abilities. So now it's not just my family. I would love to build something up. And before it was unplug and travel, you know, get the passive income set, boom, 
30,000 a month, 360 a year, plug, unplug, hit the road. I wanted to live in Germany for six months and just kind of bounce around. I still want to do that. But now I want another component to that where I've got enough going. I don't think I'll unplug. I think I'll keep going and I'll just start giving and giving and giving and teach other people. And like Tim said, throw the rope down. And so I'm excited. I got a lot of work to do though. So, but in 10 years, I'd like to be financially set, secure hundred percent or I'm hoping that's going to happen in two years, not 10, but kids out on their own. It'd be nice to be a grandpa. I'm not going to put that on my kids though. If that happens, that's great. Yeah. Travel. I want to travel. I want to go see, I want to hit the back roads and really just get out there. That's awesome. That's the, the hero's journey, right? I mean, we're all supposed to do that. We're all supposed to get here and then start giving back and kind of going down the mountain. What, what about, uh, so business-wise, what, uh, what's your largest business goal of the next, say, 12 months? 2020, what's your biggest business goal? 2020. Uh, well, so last year, I, I, my wife and I, my wife's work, she's a school mentor in the district, so she runs around and makes sure the teachers have their heads on straight and they're not ready to quit. Um, <laughs> she's, she's great. She's done it for 20-some years as well. She's a great calming influence on them. That's awesome. So uh, between her and I, we cleared about 310 last year. I want to hit 450 this year. And okay. I think the changes we've made to our lead conversion system at the law office, I think that can happen. I want to add, I want to add 450,000 to my net worth. Uh, we've started looking at some, I've got a property we're going to be closing on here at the end of the month. We've got some syndication stuff going that I've invested in. So really want to ramp up the passive side, but at the same time, sharpen in. I've got a couple of partners on the law firm side um, who are still operating 20 years ago. And so we're trying to bring them up to speed and really get them wired in. And, and I see it, I think they see it with the lead conversion system we've implemented and, and getting off the phones and letting other people take those cold calls. We're getting there. We're making leaps and bounds, but we've got a machine built that can handle 300 cases a month. And right now we're pushing 160, 170 through it. So I'd really love to capture more market share and get that out. Those are, those are good, right? Those are good. I mean, as far as changing people that are antiquated, mm-hmm. I imagine that's pretty hard. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like, it, it's just like getting an older person to use social media. I mean, if, yep. you, if you force them to do it once they do it, like my mom is, is all about Facebook now and email and all that stuff, but, but she's, you know, but it took a while. Yeah. You know? And the way we've broken this down is geographically. So we each have our own towns, our own territory. We cover each other. It's a zone defense, but, but it's easy to slip into, well, Rex does bend and, and this is the way he does it over there. And, and no, we've got firm wide policies. Well, yeah, but I'm over here and you're never going to see it. So it's, and then the staff is like, well, wait a minute. Why? I thought we were doing it this way. Why are we? So yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll take any advice you have on teaching. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any. <laughs> All right, so um, let's wrap this up with a, with a question from the GoBundance app. You ready? Yeah. All right. All right, Kevin. Oh, this will be good for you. This will be. Uh, this is great. Okay, <laughs> Kevin. What is the best way to change someone else's mind about something? Wow, there you go. I think it depends on the individual. I had an old boss years ago, the only way I could change his mind was by planting a seed and walking away and letting him think it was his idea. In a courtroom, 
with the judges, you line up your premises. You say, because of A, B, C, D, therefore E, it has to conclude based on the premises, this is where it goes. So you line up all your evidence and you hope it outweighs any other opposition to the contrary, and then you lead it to your premises. I think that's it. You just, as a lawyer, I'm stacking the evidence. I'm putting the weights on the scale until it tips and you can look at it and say, well, there's no other way I can find. It has to be this way. This makes perfect sense. So, yeah. If the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I get ruled against all the time. It's, it's a job. It's business. It's fine. So. Hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I love both of those. Um, David Osborne taught me the first one, which was, you know, you, you, you just throw out the seed, then you move on almost through like a question, you know, like some <laughs> subtle question, but you don't propose it as your idea. And then you just let it sit there. You almost and don't even respond to anything about it. And then suddenly it does become the other person's idea. Right. Well, we did, we did something interesting. We just talked about this on my GoPod call. We were talking about goals for next year and, and one of mine was to increase net worth to 450 and they, and I accounted for 400 of it. And of course the guys caught it. Where's this other 50 coming from? What's going on? It's not on here. And I said, you know, I don't know. I'm leaving that off to the side. Life is going to happen and that 50 is going to show up. And I told them about my partners and how in 20 last year, I wanted to make 300,000. We're close. We're close. We're always at about 280. And I said, this year, no, this is silly. We need three. I'm going for 300,000. Nobody talked about it until December. And they all said, we need to have another distribution. We need to really hit the ground this month. Kevin needs to hit his 300 grand and we're 20 short. And it came out of the blue. I didn't even realize they were still working on it from January, but there it was. It's like they remembered and they, it was in the back of their heads. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And I'm a big believer in the universe. I mean, I've had so many weird things happen to me where it's like, you know, how am I going to increase my net worth to this? And it's like, gosh, I, I just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, something sells or something goes up or, you know, especially in, in these times, it feels like, you know. Put it out there. Put it on the wall. Write it down somewhere and stare at it every day. Just put it somewhere you're going to see it every day. And it's mm -hmm. crazy and that happens. Yeah, and the cool thing is if you go to a foreign country, especially in some of these countries where their uh, currency is massively devalued or, or, or crushed, you know, get, get a $10 million bill or a $5 million <laughs> bill and put it up on your wall or a $100 million bill. When we were in Zimbabwe with GoBundance, everybody was doing that. They're like, oh, I want, a, I want a $100 million bill and I want a $10 million bill and, you know... Yeah. Um, they were paying the locals whatever you know five bucks for them and they were worth they were they were worthless right you know well so. a few months a few months ago i talked to i was talking to my wife about getting a million dollars in cash and just and she's like haha where are you going to get a million dollars in cash you know we're not we don't have the liquidity and and i said they sell this movie prop money it looks exactly like the real thing and if they sell it in bulk and so I can get a million dollars of hundred dollar bills all banded and wrapped. And, and I said, I just want to set it on the table and just have it there to look at. Just as I walk by, glance over, there's a million dollars. And, and she was laughing at me. We came up at the last GoPod call and all the, all the GoBros thought that was awesome. So <laughs> they may be getting their pile of million dollar movies. Wow, that makes you think. What if all <laughs> those rap videos and things on the, for the music right. you see, they all have 
movie prop said, money. My wife said, well, what are you going to do once you're done staring at it? I said, <laughs> we'll have a contractor open one of the walls and we'll stuff it in there and then sheetrock over it and leave it for whoever. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine like Whitey Bulger did, right? Like <laughs> somebody's like, oh my God. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good. Well, Kevin, this has been fun. I appreciate you coming on today and uh, being so candid and sharing everything. And um, I'll definitely um, look for you in Aspen and we'll, uh, we'll break some bread. Yeah. And if you think of that attorney guy that's thinking about joining, send him my way. I'd love to talk to him. I will. I will definitely connect. Send me your contact and I'll, I'll make the it. connection. Cool, buddy. Thank you. All right, man. Thanks, Pat. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. In life, to be honest, I failed as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife. I love my life. And I wish you my kind of success. Don't step to me, bitch. Now you can